Hello everybody and welcome to Talking Wealth. This is Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Look, this week I thought I'd bring up the, the subject of self-managed super or superannuation. For those who are interested in this topic, I did do a podcast a couple of weeks ago on the subject and promised you that I would deliver more and bring in Mr. Colin Owens to talk to you about his experience in the industry. Thank you, Colin, for coming along today. And uh, I know that you've had a lot of experience and a long history in the financial industry. And I've been speaking to a lot of different people over the past couple of months about super and particularly self-managed super because there is a massive wave of interest in this area at the moment, people wanting to take control of their own financial destiny. So, um, look, thank you for coming on board today. Thanks, Janine. Uh, yes, a pleasure to take up the invitation been in the financial industry for many years as I said and I'm not going to hint anything about your age at all Colin but I just would like to know a bit about your background I'm sure the listeners would like to know. Well I'm sure once I say a few words they're going to understand what my age is. <laughs> banking, I've been in banking for 18 years and funds management for 25 years plus. Yes that puts me in the over 60s age group. Right so what, what's your professional experience in the area of superannuation? Uh, it goes back a long way, obviously. My banking days served to introduce me to both superannuation with six years in the bank's superannuation fund and then into the world of corporate banking for seven years, dealing with multinational clients both in Australia and overseas, managing money market and core banking activities for them. On the funds management side, my experience has enabled me to gain extensive knowledge of superannuation and investment across all markets. Under ASIC guidelines, that's the Australian Securities Investment Commission, I am referred to as being compliant under the ASIC training requirements for financial products, superannuation, plus other subject matter which is financially related. Well, that sounds all very official and I, I can tell that you've had a lot of experience in the financial industry and are more than qualified to talk on this subject. So would you kindly mention some of the more significant changes that you've seen in your time and personally, and I've personally always been concerned about the government having too much control over super and I know a lot of other people I've been speaking to have the same view and we were just having a passionate conversation before about some tweaks and changes that the government have been making over time with superannuation. And look, perhaps uh, you'd like to talk about some of the changes around maybe focusing on self-managed super funds because they've been coming into such huge popularity and now I think it's in the order of about 38% of all super fund money is actually in self-managed super funds. So would you mind making some general comments about this and the industry in general? Certainly. I'm not sure if you realise how broad that question is and the amount of time it, will, <laughs> it was would a bit require of a, a fully answer. <laughs> uh, we could be here all night. To provide a short answer, the biggest change to the way Australians have invested for retirement began with the introduction of mandatory superannuation contributions known as the superannuation levy, which was introduced by the Keating government back in 1992. Do you see that as a good thing? Um, yeah, it was great. Mm. That was uh, most beneficial to every Australian. Maybe uh, the percentage that we had to uh, provide as part of the superannuation levy could have been higher. Okay. But... Um, Unfortunately, it was down around, I think it was 3%, then 6% as it started to grow to the 9 that it is now, and of course will go on to 12%. Mm. But it's also interesting to note that the Keating government was responsible for introducing franking credits or imputation, um, thus changing the double taxation which was, was occurred, incurred when receiving um, share dividends. 
Even I remember that one. Well, that's very good. It must be older than what... No, I'm not going there. Oh, uh, it must be. My, it must be the, the skin care that I'm using, you see. No comment. <laughs> the cause and effect of both these changes resulted in widespread development of industry, private and public superannuation funds, and the growth of an industry which has now nearly $1.5 trillion invested in it. That's enough to attract very, a lot very of worldwide large. attention. Yeah. And on the side, um, it was interesting to note the other day, managed funds have just gone through $4 trillion. Wow. In regard to the second part of your question, I believe the public had better serve with government having control of super via the ATO. After all, it must be remembered that super is a tax and accordingly regulated through the ATO under an act known as the CIS Act. We'll always be faced with situations which may change super outcomes regulated by the government of the period. However... The laws are implemented by the ruling party of the time to cater for the majority, although this can <laughs> at times be debated. However, the election of alternative governments and lobbying of the ruling party has resulted in simplification and removal of adverse policy. I can remember back many years ago some of the changes and transition periods that were involved in superannuation were absolutely horrendous, but fortunately mm. they've all been changed and uh, life's a lot more easier in the superannuation area. Every time a new government gets in, they always tweak it. And yep. I mean, you know, you were talking to me just before about a recent rule that's been brought in in regard to the, the limits that people can have in terms of their contributions. I remember when the um, previous government were in and they said to everybody right before the GFC, which was brilliant timing on their part, for everybody to bring all their money into super and they just opened that levy um, and all the floodgates you know opened up and the and money just came from everywhere people were selling their properties and pushing everything into the super and then the gfc hit so you know i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't appreciate that scenario having had happen and and you know governments of the day they do use superannuation like a lever so it's part of their economic control so if they want people to spend more money well they're going to make things tighter if they want to try to prop up the well I should keep my personal opinion to myself (laughs) but if they want to try to prop up the funds industry then they'll do other things I mean it's you look through the history of what's happened and I know it's only relatively young being 1992 that the Keating government bought this in but I think we'll continue to see this happen and and I think that what a lot of people are doing is wanting to have some control over their their assets and by having a self-managed super fund that actually gives them an opportunity to actually make some decisions about it rather than leaving it to third parties and looking at what happened in the GFC where all the funds continued to fall in value and and they were just being told to continue to hold and and people weren't comfortable with that you know that they were sort of left in the dark to a large degree. They just saw greater losses. Mm, That's right. Typical buy and hold strategy. Super is still a great vehicle. After all these years, do you still see super as being the answer for Australians in terms of saving for their retirement? Absolutely. And with a further increase of um, contributions coming up, as I mentioned before, going from 9% to 12%, it will take away much of the reliance of future generations seeking government pensions. History shows that no matter what country you look at, the majority of individuals are very poor savers. Making superannuation compulsory resolves the issues of people becoming financially independent. With the increased establishing of self-managed super funds and giving many people the opportunity of managing their own superannuation and further development of their own independence Mm. has resulted in in much greater wealth and future prosperity for Australians, particularly via superannuation. And, of course, superannuation, as you mentioned before, there was hardly any of it going Mm. back before 1992. It was only 
really available to a limited few. And in those days, um, superannuation was more on defined benefits, and there was things called superannuation guarantee funds. And bonds and uh, things? And, um, well, bonds were part of the asset mm. structures and things like that, but they had quite different trustees and things that and not as liberal as what they are today. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they um, didn't quite have the tax advantages that we see that we've, we've got today and the ability to lower our taxes through imputation credits and things like that. So uh, you go back 25 years ago and a uh, very limited mm. number of people had, had access to, all access this. to mm. really good superannuation facilities. And now everybody has access and can make a decision on this and That's it's about right. being informed as to what's involved rather than just assuming that you know, this might be right for you or, or, or maybe depending on how much money you've got in your superannuation, maybe you're not ready for it yet. So that's something we can talk about. How do people make more informed choices about their super and getting the returns they want? I mean, past performance is not an indication of future performance. We all know that when you're looking at managed funds, but it's not just about performance, is it? No, it's not just about um, performance and very interesting question because it opens up a whole lot of different discussion areas which we probably don't have the time to go into today. It is important that the public are aware of how to read managed funds performance charts. Mm. I'm often told that a manager has achieved a strong positive percentage return over the last three years. When I do my homework, I find that the manager has actually had two negative years and one really positive year, particularly out of the three years which I was just looking Mm. at. And that has given them an average over the three years that was positive. Therefore, it is very important when looking at performance to assess how that performance was achieved and how wide the fluctuation in performance actually was. Performance consistency over a term of five years minimum is paramount to achieving solid, sustainable growth in outcomes. Wide fluctuations do not allow investors to sleep comfortably, only worry. I mean, do you think that investors are really realistic about the returns anyway, given given the bull market that we had? I mean, you know, that that is an abnormal market. Someone who studies the market and understands how market moves, being myself, knows that in some years you will not get a positive return necessarily because the market just doesn't go up on a linear graph straight up like the managed yeah. funds used to project that you would make a, a 10% return no, over, over 10, 10 years. years. And it just doesn't work like that. Now they're no. showing graphs that have one year up, one year down, or three yeah. years up and let, one year let down. Let me um, give you an example of a situation that I was looking at the other day. I came across a manager that had done around about 60% return mm. um, for three years, and uh, sorry, for the last 12 months, and their three-year return was down around about 2%. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an indication that if you divide the 60% by three, mm. that means that they would have had to or could have perhaps had 20% results back over three years because you're actually averaging the, the whole lot back over three years. Well, look, but the other the, thing that happens is you get the industry publishing their returns yeah. that might be like plus 10 or 12%, but then prior yeah. to that, the market was falling for two years. Yeah. But let me give you a, an indication of how that um, example could have been quite negative because if, for instance, the, uh, the third year going back was quite negative, mm. um, and let's say it, was, it could have been minus... 40%, which means the client would have now out of $100,000 only had $60,000 left yeah. in that in the third year back. And then the next year, they might have made a slight increase of, let's say, 5%. So you're making a positive return on a so, lower base, yeah. essentially, so is what you're saying. So therefore, you, you're up to now to, well, 5% of 60 is mm. is only $3,000. So you've now got 63000 mm. And then they're telling me that we've made a, a 60% increase yeah. in the last That's 12 strange. months, 60% of 
60,000, mm. um, it's 36,000, so you're back to square one. Mm. So you haven't made anything. Yeah, that's an interesting point. So you've got to really watch your performance figures. The other key attribute in achieving results is to ensure investment strategies are in place and that all the investment eggs are not in one basket. Diversification is most important, as I see many investors chasing the last best investment only to see that investment or asset class falter and not obtain the desired outcome. Mm. Having a diversified investment strategy means you have a weighting across asset classes and within asset classes. For example, you would never invest all your funds in one stock. The danger is quite evident. I actually had an email from someone a long time ago who's a financial planner, and I won't name them obviously, but they actually had their client invested in one stock really? and they leveraged it. Terrible. Disaster. Yep. Um, investing without prior experience into any asset class, and especially direct stock, is quite dangerous. The choice is to use established managers or spend the time and complete a course on share trading or just investing generally, particularly if a person's existing knowledge is inadequate. You know, I'll draw on your point before about not putting all your eggs in one basket because I was having a conversation with someone just this week on, this is one of our students who's studying the Diploma of Share Trading and Investment and they are actually managing one portfolio and we're managing another one for them. So, I mean, that can be diversification in itself in that you haven't got the one manager who's overlooking your funds and, and looking for a result. I take the point that when the market's bullish, you're more likely to get a positive return on both. But the thing to think about is if you're invested in a lot of different managed funds, you need to really understand what's going to happen when the market turns because that's the critical part. It's what your risk management strategies are. And that's mm. really where a lot of people came you know, unstuck during the GFC because they didn't have those risk management Especially when they're plans. invested in property and mm. Australian shares, uh, anything to do with the share market all took a big dive. That's right. And that's not diversification. Diversification is mm. about maybe holding some of your money in real property in your superannuation fund and the rest being invested in, say, some Australian shares and then spread across the Australian share market. Uh, what are three things that people need to think about in relation to their superannuation that you see as being important? Good question. I guess it's number one. Superannuation laws are modified. It is important that people have a source of referral to ensure they are well informed as to how the changes may affect them. Mm, definitely. Two, superannuation contributions and being aware of the current limits associated with those contributions. Now, I mean, these things are not hard, are they? I mean, it's just, it's fairly basic stuff. It's yep. just a matter of knowing where to find the information, isn't it? True. And at the moment, of course, your superannuation contributions are limited to $25,000 if you want to claim it as a tax deduction. Mm -hmm. Point three, if a self-managed super fund is being maintained, make sure all regulatory returns are submitted and the fund is complying. Okay. Because without a complying fund, you're going to be getting penalties and all the rest of it. So. And look, the Money Smart website, I've got some really good yep. information on the, on that. We've also got Very some information true. on our website yep. as well. And I know you only asked for um, three things, but another one that I can <laughs> think of is by far not the least is to continually monitor the assets held in the fund to maximise growth of the assets. Mm. And number five, if considering borrowing to purchase property through a self-managed super fund, understand fully the process and take no shortcuts. Sorry, I know that's more than three. That's a really important point, that last one, isn't it? Just yeah. getting that right. And look, to me, setting up a self-managed super fund makes a lot of sense. As you know, I'm looking at doing this for myself. So what are your thoughts or, or comments around the benefits um, with doing this or having this strategy? Um, okay, there are a few things that come to mind. Rather than talk in depth about each one, here are a few points that come to mind. Mm -hmm. One, you will be in control of your funds. Yeah, I like the idea of that. 
Two, you can invest them where you want, when you want. Excellent. Three, you can involve other family as members in your self-managed super fund. Right. Now, I've heard that these oh, can be cut down. Oh, Perhaps sure. That's... Yep. Most definitely it will cut down the uh, amount of cost. Mm. So uh, you can have up to four members, mm-hmm. but they must be interrelated within the family. Okay. So you could have mum, dad, and the two kids that will, you know, working. Correct. Okay. Yep. And there's some other rules and things that go with that as well. But uh, we can all, always sort those out with yeah. whoever happens to call in and want some information. Mm-hmm. And for self-managed super funds have certain tax advantages. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's the whole reason behind going to the self-managed super funds to take advantage of those tax situations. Fantastic. Well, what do I need to understand first before making the decision to run my own super fund? Some questions you'll need to ask yourself. One, do I have the knowledge, ability to run my own self-managed super fund? Mm-hmm. That's one area that I often find people need a lot more assistance with than what they, they think. Mm-hmm. To do so, a bit of research, you mean? Yep. Two, will I need to employ the use of, of a professional, i.e. accountant, for tax and regulatory returns, etc.? So you need an auditor? You'll need an auditor, mm-hmm. yep. And if you don't have the um, the knowledge of how the accounting background works, you'll definitely need an accountant to support you going through uh, establishing your self-managed super fund because if you don't get all those returns and things in place, mm-hmm. you'll have a non-complying fund and you'll be charged a tax at a much higher rate at the end. I mean, if you do your own return, you can pretty much well prepare everything if you're used to doing that sort of thing and then just hand it over to someone who's going to do the audit, and it's as simple as that. Yep, Yep. exactly. And a couple of other questions you need to ask yourself. How does the cost of running the fund relate to the level of investments held in the self-managed super fund? Mm -hmm. And four, who can I talk with that can assist me through this process? Yes, Janine? That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. It's nice having you around, you know. Are there any other considerations that the listeners should take into account before finalising their decision to set up a self-managed super fund? Janine, I can only emphasise what I said before. If you only have a basic knowledge or are unsure of any aspect of super, seek assistance and learn learn more about superannuation. Mm -hmm. Superannuation is one of the better methods in a tax advantage environment of creating wealth and becoming financially independent. And we've, what's the, um, we've got a guide or a pack on the website, haven't we? We certainly have. Okay, so um, people can log on to the yep. Wealth Within website and go and have a look under superannuation? Yes, and inside that pack there's frequently asked questions, mm-hmm. there's an application at the back of it, and there's a summary of what the costs are of setting up a self-managed super fund. Okay. So can you just give us a bit of an outline as to what are some of the steps involved in setting up a self-managed super fund, please? The first step is quite obvious. It is making the decision that you want to be in control of your own self-managed super fund. Do you, Janine? I think, (laughs) that's a bit personal, I think when we get to this point in the, in the, the whole process, when people start getting really interested in this type of thing and they start doing a bit of reading and research, I think the inclination's there to want to do it. It's just a matter of getting rid of those, you know, concerns or queries or things that might be unknowns, if you like. I don't think people should think that any of the rules and regulations and all those sort of things that we've outlined already should be overpowering Mm. because if you follow the rules and the regulations, you can't go wrong. Okay. Another um, point there is discuss with the provider that you have selected the key points and support that you will get and and at what cost. In other words, if you've selected Wealth Within to set up your self-managed super fund, talk to them about all the key points Mm -hmm. and the support that you'll get. And okay. also, obviously, at what it's going to cost because there's a very, very wide variation in costs mm-hmm. associated with setting up a self-managed fund depending on what organisation or provider you go to. And why would that be? 
they like to charge a lot more money. Maybe okay. they think they do a more thorough job, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, all you've got to it's do is the meet the, the rules and regulations that um, are set down under the respective Act to mm. operate a self-made super fund. Okay, great. A couple of other things. A decision will then need to be made as to whether to set up the self-made super fund as an individual trustee, mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, up to four members, or as a corporate trustee, once again, up mm. to four members. Right. I won't go into a lot of details on that at this stage. We can always discuss them in a, another one. forum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is to complete the necessary request application forms providing detail as to the structure and membership of your self-made super fund. Is there a lot of paperwork involved there? No, there's not. Basically, we've got everything set up, so we only need some key information and we can go ahead and do it. Mm, okay. Something else is, um, obviously, you've got to submit the forms, um, and this is important because um, it takes a while to set the trustee up and other materials, so don't think you're going to set up a self-managed super fund in a couple of days mm -hmm. because if we set it up here, we've got to wait for information to come back from the ATO, information from the registration of the business names and mm -hmm. things like that that have all got to come back, and other acknowledging information from various government organisations before the um, self-managed super fund is actually set up. So once it's set up, then you just hand it over, is that right? Um, pretty much. Okay. We'll provide a bit, nice big manual and mm. things like that for people to record their information in and um, investment strategies and things like that. Okay. But once the SMS up is, is set up, you are now in control. You um, have your own financial destiny in your hands. Very nice. Look, Colin, um, how would you like to come back next week so that we can talk about another scenario around super? Well, it might cost you something. <laughs> how about lunch? Oh, sounds good. <laughs> you and I have been getting quite a few calls from people and uh, quite a lot of people in their 50s yeah. um, who are getting to this. It's funny, isn't it? Because people in their 30s, they're not looking at this type of thing because they're thinking everything's so far off, I don't need to worry about it. And you can understand that in a way because they're worried about paying off their mortgages in their 30s and getting to 40s people are or towards their 40s and maybe in their early 40s they now they now have money to burn perhaps they've paid off their their mortgages and they're thinking well how am I going to better prepare for retirement so maybe it's the 40s group or the 50s what do you think's the biggest group that are interested in at the moment I think it's those that are looking to get enough funds put away to make themselves financially independent, uh, not wanting to rely back on pensions and things like that. Uh, it's really a question of um, contributions and how much they can put away. I suppose it becomes more forefront of mind, though, when you get towards your 50s, though, wouldn't it? It does. And yep. so then, then and there's early urgency to Yeah, do early something. retirement comes into it and transition mm. to retirement comes into it. There's a whole lot of things that people start thinking of. I, it's funny, I get um, quite a few people ringing up and they're sort of 57 into 60 and looking to retire at 65 and they really want to start escalating their growth within the funds that they've already accumulated and some of them have got three or four different superannuation funds and they haven't bothered to bring them all together to economise um, mm. costs and things like that and they're looking to establish a self-managed super fund and take control of their funds. That's great. Um, it must be costing uh, a fortune to and, do. And it, it's great. It's, it's yeah, terrific. To have those separate funds. Yeah. Mm. But um, if they had have thought about this a bit more, they could have actually gone back in and maybe started this at their you know, late 40s, early mm. 50s, and they would have given themselves a lot more time to actually generate the growth because you and I both know that the markets, mm. especially the share market, works on cycles, but as do all the other markets, such as property and those sort of things. So... You need time for your money to work. 
I mean, we're seeing the market recover, starting to recover now. And we've been saying, last year we were saying that it was the best time to invest in 40 years. And, and a lot of people are ringing us up and saying, thanks very much for telling us that because we've profited out of that as a result. And uh, now they're, they're moving their money from cash to shares and, and pe more people are wanting to take control over their capital and to maximise returns heading into their retirement. So, uh, look, I really would like to shed some more light on this area for them if you're happy to come back again. I certainly will. Okay, that's fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to say before you go? Well, on self-managed super funds, they are a very good tax advantage investment vehicle which will support investors through their life cycles. There are many rules and regulatory requirements which must be adhered to and therefore professional assistance support is always recommended. Mm. Well, look, thank you very much, Colin, for coming along today and I'm sure the listeners have really appreciated your contribution and, and helping to inform them. And, and if they need to um, ask any questions, um, can they call you directly? Most definitely. Okay, so they can call you on the nine two nine zero double nine double nine. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Fantastic. Bye for now. Bye, Janine.